Welcome to episode 43 of the Aligned Women podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We are going to be hearing from Dr. Karen Gardner for the second time on today's episode. And Dr. Karen is going to share with you some of her insider thoughts on developing a niche practice in pregnancy care. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to remind you that if you're not already a member of our free community on Facebook, the Mama Chiropractors group, then head over to alignedwomen.com forward slash Mama Chiropractors and complete our quick new member info form and we will see you inside of the group soon. All right, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Aligned Women Podcast, the show for moms who are chiropractors. This show will bring you guests to share their stories, their struggles, their experiences, and me, your host, Dr. Danielle Eaton, so that you can create a practice that's right for you and your family. Hello, everyone. I'm here today with Dr. Karen Gardner. This is Dr. Karen Gardner's second time being on the podcast. Welcome back, Dr. Karen. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. Well, I'm really glad to have you back, and um, especially as we're recording this, it's five days before Christmas, and things are kind of hectic right now for everybody across the board. So thank you so much for giving your time. Sure. My pleasure. My pleasure. All right. So let's get started with you sharing some of the backstory of why you chose to build a pregnancy practice, particularly at the time that you did when you were building your second practice, you you had a lot on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, So back in 2010, uh, my ex-husband and I were getting a divorce and he is also a chiropractor. So we had to divide our property, right? And uh, we had an office building and a practice and we also had a home and I wanted both, (laughs) but I can't have both ways. So I had to pick one. And early on in my career, when my kids were little, little, little kids, I I vowed to make my policy, my kids come first always. So when I had to make a choice between my practice or my children, my children always came first. So when we were going through a divorce and they begged me to stay in our home, please, mommy, don't choose the office. Please choose, please choose the house. I went back to the policy of my kids come before my practice. So I chose my kids. I'm getting choked up because I just remember that day. It was really, really awful and scary. Oh, so scary because I had zero income. And I had to not only keep my kids in the home that I couldn't afford, but I had to somehow make money so that I could afford it and keep them there and not move them out of their home and away from their friends and to a new school. And it was just terrifying. So, um, Fear is a great motivator. <laughs> it is. And, um, and that's why, you know, I did it before, so I knew I could do it again. And I just just applied myself and all of the principles and procedures and, and policies and systems that I used to build my practice the first time. And I applied them the second time without all the mistakes because I already made the mistakes and I learned from them. And I just started that way. And um, in four months time, I was able to show the bank I could make enough money to stay in my house. And in 10 months time, I was signing the papers to uh, keep my house in my name. So uh, yeah, fear, 
do it even if you're afraid. Yes. So kind of, kind of my motto, you know, do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think the the interesting part about this story is that you really chose even at that time to focus on building a pregnancy practice instead of the usual mindset of everyone that has a spine and is breathing can, you know, come right into my practice. How did you know at that time to focus on that specific niche? Well, it happened quite by accident the first time I, I built a pregnancy practice. It was I happened to be pregnant with my daughter, and my midwife just started referring patients to me. It was you know, we hit it off socially, um, and then she just liked what I presented professionally, and she started referring her patients to me. The second time around, I had a lot of choices to make um, because I was starting from nothing, and. I thought there are a million run-of-the-mill average chiropractors in my town, but I need to make money in a hurry. I need to establish myself with my new last name and create a whole new brand from nothing. How am I going to stand out? And besides being on an insurance list or maybe I'm close mm-hmm. to somebody's work or something like that, how, why would someone come to me versus anybody else on the same list or in the same town? And I knew I had to create a niche, <clears throat> excuse me, and that niche, when you have a niche like this, it doesn't matter if you're on an insurance list or not, it doesn't matter if you're in the same town, people will come to see you if you have what they want, yes. so that's where the niche came from, I wanted to make sure that I was um, a standout in, in the field of all the other great chiropractors in my town, why would they choose me, you know, so that's, that's kind of it. What are some things that you see as a difference between uh, having a niche practice and just target marketing? Like, so some practices market toward pregnant females and other practices are a niche practice in pregnancy. What do you see as a difference? If you target a market, nobody knows that you're targeting them. Nobody knows, like your other patients that aren't pregnant, for instance, don't know that you're targeting pregnant women. But if you have a niche practice and everything about your practice oozes pregnancy care, you don't have to tell them you specialize in pregnancy. They know the minute they walk in. They know when your your website reflects that and all of your branding reflects that, the things that you say and do, the decorations in your office. I mean, patients come in here and they say, oh, you definitely are the pregnancy chiropractor because you have this and that you have everything. Yeah, I do because that's my niche. If I were to target people with carpal tunnel, who's going to know that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, who's going to know who my target market is? And my patients that are current patients, they're not going to know that I target carpal tunnel, but they certainly know that I'm a pregnancy chiropractor because of all of the, the pregnancy-related materials that are everywhere. Um, the, the fact that I have stuff for infants and toddlers and big kids, little kids, you name it. They know that it's, there's pediatrics going on here as well. They don't have to ask if I see kids. They know I see kids. So does that answer your question? <laughs> I think so. And it really leads to the next question for you, which is if there are specific downfalls that you see to building a pregnancy practice. Because again, it comes back to the mindset of turning, potentially turning people away from your practice if you have a niche focus. 
Yeah. I'm not afraid of turning people away because um, there's plenty of pregnant women out there. And even if you're pregnant, that doesn't mean you're a patient in my practice. In fact, I turned somebody away yesterday because um, she wanted to get in yesterday and I have a three-week waiting list for new patients in my practice. And I gave her my first available appointment and it wasn't good enough for her. So, okay, well, then I'm not the chiropractor for you. I'm, I'm packed. I can't add more time to my day doesn't doesn't work that way um so uh, other than having a limit to the amount of people i can see the only other downfall that i can see honestly is baby brain and i hate to say that but you know moms who are pregnant have baby brain many times so it, they they need a little more coaxing and reminders and and things like that but you know, the systems that I have in place do that for me automatically. So it's not really that big of a deal anymore because I'm automated. It happens all by itself. Yeah. Um, but I do think that baby brain is contagious mm-hmm. because there are days where I'll see 20 pregnant women and I feel like I have baby brain. So, mm-hmm. you know, other than that, there's really not much, not much of a downside. Um, I like adjusting pregnant women because it's easy on me. The, the hormones of pregnancy make it super easy to adjust. So I don't have to work as hard and uh, results are super, super easy to achieve. And then you get to meet the babies, which is even better. So I just, I just love that niche in my pregnancy for sure. Speaking of the babies, do you have tips for women out there listening or I guess potentially men too, (laughs) who want to get moms back into their offices with their babies after they're no longer pregnant. Yeah, that's, that's a struggle. A lot of my, my coaching clients ask that question all the time. And what I find out is they're not promoting infant care, newborn care on the very first visit that mom has. So during consultation and exam and all of that, you really need to lay the groundwork that, you know, after the baby's born and we check the baby for subluxation and, you know, you just make that part of your, your regular conversation that it's completely normal to have the baby checked. And, and I let them know that, you know, birth trauma doesn't just happen to mom, it happens to the baby too. And it's really important to get that baby checked. And, and then I say things like, um, you know, if, if you have your, if your baby's experience, sorry, my cat is walking in front of the computer. He's my buddy today. Sorry about that. Um, anyway, um, you know, if, if you mention things like colic and reflux and um, latching difficulties and gas and all these things that newborns suffer with, even tongue tie and things like that, that are, that are minor, that don't need revision, they can all be greatly um, affected positively by chiropractic care. So it's just a matter of making it just regular daily conversation with the moms, um, not waiting until her due date to discuss it. It starts on visit one. That's my best advice. Yeah. Or, or waiting until after the baby has been born and then trying to get the mom back into the office with the baby, right? Right. Yeah. Part of my care plan is always a postpartum visit. Like I, that's included in my care plan and all of my patients get a written care plan and they get a copy of it emailed to them. Once they sign it and hit submit, I have them fill out a thing on a template on a uh, tablet. And once they hit submit, they get a copy. I get a copy and part of their care plan is a postpartum checkup and a baby's exam. So it's just, it's part of my protocol. 
Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. I was thinking about baby brain as you were talking about baby brain. <laughs> um, I went to my chiropractic appointment on Monday this week and my toddler, toddler, I guess she's technically a preschooler now. She's three and a half. Yeah, that's she was having yeah, she was having an extreme meltdown as we were oh. getting into the office and I was practically having to drag her into the office and she sits down and she's crying. She takes off her shoes and her coat and she just sits and cries. And I sit down and I'm crying. Oh. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, I would not be crying in this place if I was not pregnant right now. So <laughs> hormones, gotta right. love hormones. Yeah. Just be prepared oh, for that, right? With a pregnancy practice. That right. And, and there are many times where women will just have a breakdown and you know what? Nothing is better than a hug from somebody who's been there and understands. And, you know, I, I remember crying over some of the most ridiculous things in hindsight. Like, why did that make me, I don't know why, why, why did I cry? That makes no sense. So just letting them know you understand and here's a hug and, you know, and a tissue, get it all out. And when you get adjusted, you're going to feel better and mm -hmm. you know just be a good good ear to listen <laughs> all right what are some of the mistakes if you will you see docs making out there trying to build their pregnancy practice yeah a lot of people think that just because they are certified in this that or the other thing that their practice is going to grow Mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, they, they have pregnancy pillows. Why am I not seeing more pregnant patients? I mean, you do have to do some work. You know, success comes before work only in the dictionary. So <laughs> you have to do something about it. You have to go and meet people and you have to tell your patients how to refer to you. You can't just expect patients to say, oh, well, my sister-in-law wants to come in and she's pregnant. Well, did you teach your patients how to refer to you? When they, when to refer to you? Are you accepting new patients? A lot of people don't even know you're accepting new patients. If you're always busy, they may think, well, you know, my medical doctor's not accepting new patients. So you can't assume um, people understand how and why to refer to you. So you need to teach them that. That's, that's one thing I see. I also see that um, people are so... Um, nervous not to accept everybody you know if you have a spine i want to adjust you and yeah. i think that that's very very foolish i understand it i did it i think we all are guilty of that at some point I, I need the money i need to pay my bills i need the spine to adjust you know but i think being particular in who you allow into your life and into your practice and in my case in your case into our home right yes <laughs> so you need to really be focused on who your ideal patient is, identifying who they are, and only allowing the ideal patient into your practice. And you'll see such tremendous growth, and you'll also have a practice you enjoy instead of a practice full of people that drive you nuts, because <laughs> we all have those too. Absolutely, yes. And I really feel like when we show up to our practice, well, whether you walk downstairs to your practice or you drive to your practice, when you show up to your practice, knowing that everybody that's on your schedule or as many people as possible that are on your schedule are people that you actually want to see that day. Yeah. That in and of itself will help your practice grow. Sure. Sure. When I look at my list, uh, 
tomorrow, oh my gosh, right before Christmas, everybody wants to come in, right? Yeah. So I've got zero space in my office at all. I don't even know when I'm going to use the bathroom tomorrow. This is, this is going to be fun. But I looked at, at the people coming in. I'm like, oh, I love this person. Oh, this one's great. It, it's just such a joy instead of, oh, this lady drives me nuts, you mm -hmm. know? Um, of course, there are some people like that you don't know right away. And eventually they identify themselves and you kind of, they work their way out on their own, but um, what a freedom it is to have people in your life and in your, in your office that you actually enjoy. It, it makes a big difference. And when you're happier, people want to be around you. People want to refer their friends and family to you. And that's what grows. That's what makes things grow for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So do you think that any doctor of chiropractic can grow a pregnancy practice or are there specific skills, um, talents, personality traits that make a doc the right fit for this kind of practice? Well, I think for sure anybody can do it with the right systems and procedures in place. I mean, if you don't know the special needs of a pregnant woman, that's going to hinder your progress. But I think those things can be learned by anyone. Um, if you don't know how to adjust a pregnant woman, you can learn new techniques so that you can better care for their special needs. You don't have to be certified in this, that, or the other thing to, to be a pregnancy care doctor. Um, all of that stuff can be learned. I don't think, you know, this is sexist, and I'm saying it anyway. I think women make better pregnancy care doctors because – we know what it's like when our breasts are sore and we can't lay face down or if we're having cramps or I don't know if this is a Braxton Hicks or a real contraction or, you know, there's, there's things that we can understand that a man would never understand just for anatomy reasons alone. So mm -hmm. I think we have that advantage, but I don't think that necessarily precludes men from being good pregnancy care doctors either. I just think we have a slight advantage over them, but I think anybody can do it. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. I do think that we have an advantage. I mean, yeah. if I were to build a practice where well, I came from a sports background before now, but if I really wanted to focus on um, Olympic lifting, Olympic lifters in my practice, that would be tough for me because I have not really successfully done that myself. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And it's important to have the background. I think it helps. Absolutely. Yeah. And just to be able to talk the language mm -hmm. comfortably. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So you have a masterclass coming up that helps doctors learn the systems that you're, that you're talking about. Yes. To build a pregnancy practice. Tell us more about that. Well, beginning next year, um, I think my first class is January 3rd. I'm holding several classes on a couple different days and different times. I'm not going to be posting a replay, so that's why I have a bunch of different days and times. Um, but it's basically a four-step framework to build, grow, and perfect your pregnancy practice. And then I'm also giving um, some insight on the three biggest mistakes that doctors are actually making, and they, they may not even be aware of it. And then how do you overcome those mistakes to upgrade and make improvements so that you're no longer making the mistakes mm. and you're actually growing your practice? I mean, I've been on classes and things where people will point out all the things you're doing wrong. And then they say, but if you want to know how to do it right, you have to pay me X amount of dollars and blah, blah, blah. But of course. I'm not doing that. I, I understand the concept, but what I'm doing is 
pointing things out and also giving you some pointers to maybe, you know, upgrade your, your systems and procedures to make things work a little bit better. So I'm doing that. Um, I, like I said, January 3rd is the first one. And you can find, um, I'm trying to find the link. I know I just sent it to you. Would, would, do you normally put a link with your podcast doc or? Yep. Would, so for okay. our iTunes listeners, which are about 50 to 60% of the audience. Okay. When you're listening in the iTunes podcast app, you just touch the picture of the podcast cover art which is purple, white, and green. And then the screen kind of flips and clickable links appear. So the oh, link great. to your masterclass will go there. Super, super. Yeah. That'd be great. Awesome. And then um, for anybody else, the bit.ly links, I made bit.ly link because it's a lot easier to remember. So it would be bit.ly slash practice. And that will get you um, access to the registration page for the webinar. Is there a an expiration date for the webinar? Like if uh, if someone's listening in June of 2018? Well, I will be hosting several times a year. Um, I don't know exactly when I'll be doing the second launch of this webinar, but the first one um, is January. I think I'm slated to do it again in April. I have to look at my marketing calendar. I was working on that in November and got all of 2018 done. I just haven't, you know, committed it to memory because <laughs> yeah. it's written down. I don't have to. I'll just look at it. But I'm pretty sure it's April is when I'll be doing it again. So that link will be live at certain times of the year when I am hosting the webinar. And, and you'll just see when the next classes are available and you can sign up for which one is which one is next, if that makes sense. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Dr. Karen, thank you so much. It's always so fun to chat with you. Oh, thank and you. thank you for everything that you, that you share with our community. It's my pleasure. Thank you. And Merry Christmas to you and good luck with that new baby. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the show today. If you love this podcast and you want to be sure to never miss a new episode, then head over to alignwomen.com and become an Aligned Women Insider. Just enter your name, email address, click submit, and join us in the email newsletter. See you in your email inbox soon.